Hey, Peter. What's up, man? What? I'm sorry, I'm a little Are distracted. Yeah, what's going I'm on? I'm working on my rhythm. Is that rhythm? I mean, I'm working on my groove. Okay. I'm Adam Ennis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Music advice and inspiration flowing at you beautifully. Inspiration today, Peter. So we have been calling for testimonials from our dear listeners. Calling all testimonials. That's right. Testimonialists. We got a speak pipe from our friend Jonathan, who left us both a testimonial and a question. And so we thought we would use our speak pipe Wednesday to, again, reiterate that we want to hear your You'll Hear It story. We're putting together an episode of our listeners' stories, and Jonathan just beautifully lays it out here, and then asks a very poignant question. Right, so and I, so, yeah, this is sort of an example. You don't have to... It's really just an example of how, how simple it can be, so hopefully you'll take inspiration and that you'll go to youllhearit.com and leave your speak pipe, and, and it doesn't have to be a question also, uh, as, as this is laid out, but we're looking for those testimonials still. I'm really looking forward to that episode because I've been listening to them as they've been coming in, and they're really... Beautiful. I mean. Yeah. yeah, and it's just inspiring to us to keep going for hearing from you guys and totally. what the pod means to you. Well, let's hear Jonathan's uh, testimonial and then question. Yes. Hi, guys. I just want to say how much I've thoroughly enjoyed the whole open studio experience. I discovered it just at the beginning of lockdown. I work as a frontline health worker in the north of England, and over the past two years, it's been pretty grim uh, up here. <laughs> so... Uh, the 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 wonderful podcasts, lighthearted banter, the, uh, the the technical expertise, the free flowing knowledge, the richness of the material, the positivity, and the sheer nerdiness of it all has been fantastic, guys. You know, you've been my source of inspiration and my happy place, uh, my uh, uh, place I come back to, and uh, time and time again. So thanks ever so much. I would love an episode devoted about how to capture a individual style of groove in in playing, how to develop your your timing so that, that you're locked in. I, you know, I, I struggle with this so much. I've played with metronomes. I'm playing on the and, sorry, setting the metronome to the and, and and doing all the things you suggest, but still sometimes feel a long way from establishing that rock solid. Uh, rhythm and groove throughout the throughout the playing uh, th- thanks guys uh, speak again soon bye now uh wow amazing jonathan thank you for the kind words peter we got a lot of people up there in the north of england I don't yes know if you know that we got a lot of english folks yeah. here and just folks in the uk in general yes but uh northern england is representing for our podcast yeah and i mean you know it's i have some um so i have some i have a bunch of cousins in the uk in general yeah. uh all up into scotland and stuff but there's uh some in particular in durham which is up in the north of England. Yeah, so yeah. I uh, I know that area, and it, there's a lot of people up there. We always think about London down, you know, and it's like this yeah, huge man. city and center of music and everything, but it's a very populated bunch of cities up there and stuff. So um, And thank you, Jonathan, for your service, because it is hairy up there right. for, for COVID and has been for a while. That's so, right, yeah. absolutely. Amazing um, stuff. And thank you for the kind words, of course. Yeah, no, that's just great. Um, Probably not the first time someone's going to call us nerds. I would guess. No, we, we, you know what? We <laughs> wear we that as a badge of honor. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we that's what we're here for, and that's what really excites us, and and hopefully you guys. So no, it's all good. Um, okay, so let's talk about groove, and let's talk about rhythm, and let's talk about how we work on it because 
I think that, um, you know, we've given a lot of advice um, about this over over all the all the time on the on the podcast because we think it's so important and it's we, the most important thing. It's the most important thing. Yeah. But having said that, it's like how can we work on this, honor it as being the most important thing, but then not make it so precious that we get overwhelmed by our lack of mastery of it. You know, like when you put something up on a pedestal as groove and rhythm should be, it's very easy to, to be like, oh, I'm falling short. I can never get up there. But it's it's both the most important element of this music and it's potentially, and in reality, the most accessible part of this music and the most organically accessible part. So it's like, I want you guys to really think about not getting into your head too much about this. And Jonathan, I can hear you kind of getting into a little bit of like, man, I've practiced these different things. And I think those are good things to practice with the metronome and with the metronome on the offbeat and these kind of things. But it's very much, it's very important for us not to lose our natural, um, almost childlike connection with groove, you know, like how do we keep that going while we actually work on the specifics that are needed as a player to be able to delineate that connection that we have with the music through our playing at all times. Man, I love all of that, and that's so true. This is really one of the areas where language fails us big time. Yes. Because it's not just about where you're lining up next to a net metronome, and it's it doesn't not include pitch, and it doesn't yeah. not include... Melody. Inf- infle- melody, yeah. and it doesn't not include inflection and articulation. Yep. It's what we're talking about here is not the content of what you're saying, but how you're saying the content. Yes. Right? So this is actually something that you might... Jonathan, think about how an actor prepares for a role. And if they have to say the line, an actor prepares for the role, they might say, an actor prepares for the role. Or they might look in the mirror and say, an actor prepares for the role. (laughs) Or an actor prepares for the role. Or an actor prepares for the role. Now, we have That last one had a nice little rhythm to it. I like that. Well, exactly. So they're getting... But it's not, it's not, you know, how I'm saying it is that the, the pitch and the inflection and where I'm emphasizing certain words is not taken away from the rhythm. Right. So I can say, an actor, an actor prepares for the role. Yeah. An actor prepares for the role. And it's completely yeah. different. An actor prepares for the role. Yeah. An actor prepares for the role. And, and all of he, that is totally different. And even if you say, an actor prepares for the role, that still has a groove to it. It's not as bop, 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 bop. Absolutely. You know, but it has, and it, that's like when we talk about you know, even rubato playing or kind of out of time or loosey-goosey, ballady playing, whatever you want to call it. Like, those have a groove and a pulse. They're, it's just different than... Ding, 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 ding. And they're, it's all good, and they're all grooves. Or like... Where it's like a strong backbeat that's just, like, stuck inside of you. You know, all these things are grooves, and the whole thing is to get as many of these different kind of inflect ways of inflecting ways of feeling the groove ways and then ultimately of being able to play and live inside of those grooves yeah but to i guess to realize that the connection with the groove you don't have to practice that like the practicing with the metronome the working on the grooves learning how to syncopate learning where different grooves lie that's about just connecting your playing with in it hopefully an, an innate sense of groove that you have yourself yeah it's i think is really connected man to all of this the the idea of the way we play things is more important even than what we're playing but it's not even that it's more important it's that it's all connected yeah so so if i were again i'm we're going to use a lot of vocal examples here jonathan because there's such a straight line from how we speak to how we play 
you know, it's really connected. Yeah. Um, and so if you were to say something like, da ga da ga dot dot, bang, da ga da ga dot, shuba duba, da ga da ga dot dot. Now that's monotone, and I'm just doing it over and over again. Okay, you guys, you can't see Adam, but let me describe him. He looks so dead bored. Eyes, dead eyes. He just his whole persona. Right, but the, actually, so an actor prepares for the role. So the dead eyes is part of my. Yeah. I'm trying to communicate to you that this is boring. But if I were to actually like perform this in a way that I wanted to say something, well, I have lots of options, and this is an important decision. It's not just da ga da ga da da. It's da ga da ga da ga. You know, like there's so many different ways you can say this. And I think like our friend and friend of the show, Christian McBride, you know, he's someone who I think when he solos, there's almost no difference in both the timbre and the range of his instrument and his beautiful bass baritone voice. You know what I mean? He's got a speaking cadence and a way that he says things that is just, it's like there, it's like a one in the same kind of thing. Like his voice is literally a voice on the instrument. It's very similar to his voice in real life. Yeah, absolutely. That's great stuff. So one other angle I'd like to add in um, that can hopefully, uh, you know, just help you, Jonathan, and everybody, all of us, is, you know, this... Adam's talking about what we've been talking about, that connection with the voice and like using that as really a bridge with, you know, the humanity that we have and that can connect with the grooves, but also just an organic kind of connection away from our instrument almost or in line with then bringing it to the instrument. But also I would say dance and dance does not need to mean like you have the right clothes and you're at the right club and the beat comes on and you're like the center of attention. That's going next level. You might have that talent, but it's very much like the difference between you know, a high level marathon runner, you know, perhaps even like world class and somebody who can just run effectively, someone who can run for exercise or can jog at any speed, but like they can move their body without getting injured in a way that's really conducive for them to say like, wow, I'm a runner. I'm running in tempo. I'm doing my thing. Like I'm covering the miles the same as a world-class marathoner. It's taking me three times as long. It doesn't matter, but I'm, I'm doing the same thing in essence, you know? And so I think for us with dancing, that's very important. And that can be as much as just like feeling the groove. Now, Adam, you can describe me right now. Shoulders are twitching. Yeah. You know, he's kind of, he's, he's kind of two-stepping it here. Yeah. You know, yeah. a little bit of, in is it pretty? Sorry. Right. Nah, it's not really pretty, <laughs> but it's effective. Like I'm in the I'm groove. I'm feeling the groove though. Yeah. You're feel feeling it. the groove. Yeah. And I'm feeling, and so I think that we can, we want to think about that connection and that could be just tapping your feet, but it's really when you're listening, you, in order to be able to do this when you're playing, I mean, look, the whole thing is to be able to come to the point, hopefully where you're like, amazing, where you can sit down and take that feeling that you have for the groove, which doesn't, I mean, it maybe is not, I, I don't think that I have any you know, necessarily world-class approach to that. I can feel that groove, yeah. but it's just like, you know, so can hundreds or thousands of others feel that. You know Dude, what I mean? It's, but it's like, how do you sit down and be able to connect with that, with something that you potentially have with your voice or with your body yeah. more so than you have on your instrument? I mean, this is such a huge lightning bolt for a moment for, it should be for, for all of you, and it is for, certainly for me, but dance is so connected to the music yeah. that we're playing. And if you think that it's not, I, I totally disagree because you play an artful music like jazz. No, it's no. it's at its roots, even not even at its roots. Like I remember being 
a snot-nosed college student at the new school. Right. And I had a combo class with a bunch of really talented, <laughs> yeah, a bunch of really talented players who are, some of them now are actually quite famous. And our instructor was Joe Chambers. Mm. And Ever heard of him. He was amazing. Name drop. <laughs> I mean, he was no bullshit. Like, and he, he was hardcore, though, He's right? a gruff dude, right? <laughs> he's not messing around with, with anything. Suffer fools, man? And he did not like the way we were playing Donna Lee or something. It was a bebop tune. Yeah. And he was like, this is not how bebop should feel. He's like, and he's, there was a lot of curse words, I think. But he was like, we used to dance to bebop when I was a kid. And he danced. Right. He showed us. He danced to Donna Lee. Right. And it looked amazing. Right. Like it, you could all of a sudden see the music. And I don't know about you, man, but I it's one of my favorite things to play as people are dancing. One of my the most formative musical experiences I had was my senior year in high school. Uh, senior year in many quotes because I think I didn't show up. <laughs> but I joined the legendary uh, Son of Starchild, which is a, a legendary dance band here in St. Louis, nice. playing mostly James Brown. And Parliament Funkadelic covers. And yeah. I was kind of the lead soloist in there. I had a little Poly 61, a little Ooh, wiggle synthesizer, nice. you know, and a Rhodes. Yeah. And set it right on top there. Set it right on top. And just learning how to solo as people were dancing to that music. I mean, that teaches you all you would need to know about phrasing and space. And then I've, I've also been very lucky to do things like play with uh, great tango bands and watch people dance tango and watching them dance a completely different style of dancing. Right. But you see how the music should sound. But so connected right with there. that groove. You see like, Different groove, same connection. Totally. Like it's not like you see the tango dancers, they're not locked perfectly in step with no. the groove at all times. You're like, oh, neither is like the great bandoneonist from the past. Like yeah. there's this fluidity that happens in the music and that teaches you about the groove and how to play it. It's incredible, man. I, I highly encourage you, if you get a chance to play for dancing people, like a dance band, go do it. Man, the tango, is that a, is that a just super sexy dance or what? Well, Let's be all, honest. There's tons of different styles of it. There's tons of different right. kinds of dances, but yes, yeah. super sexy. <laughs> Even when it's like ugly, out of shape people, it doesn't matter. It's very sexy. Buddy, it is, I'm going uh, to put that out there. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. So, But yeah, dancing is incredibly connected to it. Try to dance, Jonathan. Give, yeah. Give it a go. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, just, you know, in general, like think about... And a lot of times people say, like, I can't dance or I, I've never said that because, I mean, not to say that my dancing um, in the clubs over the years has not received any awards. I can tell you that um, has been probably pre pre pretty mediocre. But the kind of dancing you need to have as a musician, like that's always come somewhat naturally to me. But I don't think it's come any more naturally than most people. It's just nobody ever told me don't do that. Yeah. That's the key. And so, like, don't tell your kids. Like you can't dance, you can't feel music, you can't be an athlete, you can't, you know, like there's plenty of uh, elements in the world that are going to tell them they, they can't do things. But all of these things, like we get so caught up, especially now in like our, our just hyperactive and uber um, achievement oriented societies where it's like you have to specialize in these the, the one thing that you're really good at. And I don't believe in that. Like, I think that uh, first of all, what we're talking about now, I think that you have to be able to totally. dance on a certain level to be able to play this music and just yeah, totally experience yeah. what it is in totality. You get to see certain aspects of the groove. Think of yourself as a different, different than the world, and maybe your parents and maybe your friend or even spouse thinks of you like you're not good at this. I, I hate it when I'm sorry to cut you off, but I was just no. thinking about something that I just heard somebody 
they say. And people are very thoughtful when they say that. I don't hate the people. I just hate the message and like the repetition of it. Like, well, we're not, nobody's musical in our family. I'm like, true. really? That's like saying nobody breathes in our family. We're yeah. not big into oxygen. I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, no, it's, I mean, maybe there's no mu- apparent musical genius in your family. There isn't in mine either. But it's like there, but there is, there's musical well, sensitivity that we all have. Yeah. No, you know Heather I mean? says the same thing. I don't yeah. have a musical ear and then she'll <laughs> sing something like really pretty much in tune. Yeah. And I'm like, I think you do though. <laughs> like, right. You just, you don't, you don't have a developed musically. Like you haven't spent hours doing it. Yeah. It's and, almost... I mean, it's just like people saying like, I'm not good at foreign languages. Right. Well, you may not be as good as someone that just comes totally naturally, but you could learn a foreign. Yeah. Now you might be the worst in the world at learning it, but you could right. still learn it. Or to say like, I have no rhythm. I can't dance. Like, yeah. It's just not, it's just, you're just unfamiliar. Exactly. Just I mean, you can tap your foot and by dance, let's just say we, we mean, it's like, you don't have to learn specific dance moves or steps. This is about just using your body to be able to connect with the music. Absolutely. And to connect with the group. Because when you combine that with these other elements of connecting with your instrument and being able to play these, like that's when I think the magic starts to happen. It starts to get a little bit easier. But Jonathan, all of these things, language, dance, those are all just different ways to connect with your inner sense of rhythm. Yeah. And, and, and you think like, oh, but I was hoping for like a, a rhythmic exercise. No, 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 no. This is what you should be working on. Yeah. Like if you want to get good at that, Having the confidence to realize, like, when I see people in a ballroom dancing a waltz, it, I can, I was like, I, I can kind of see, like, I know how I would solo with this. Like, yeah. I can see where this groove lies. The musical manifestation totally. of what that looks like, what that sounds like. Absolutely. Your connection with that. When I go to a, um, another country that has a completely different language than me, you can hear their music in the way they talk, yeah. almost. Like, you can hear how it should be phrased. I remember going to South Africa and, like, mm. Listening to uh, people speak Zulu oh. and then listening to Zulu choirs is not that much different. I know, like, and the, there's so much rhythm built into that. Oh my god! Well, and the pitch too—the pitch, the, pitch, the, the yeah. rhythm, the phrasing—it's actually it just it spills out. There's almost there's a very blurred line there, and I think sometimes we think like, uh, well, that needs to be a, a blurred line or it needs to be a, a solid line here between this. But this is cultural, man, yeah. and so just immerse yourself as much yeah. as you can and allow who you are to come out in that. It doesn't you're not going to sound like Jimmy Smith because right. you don't talk like Jimmy Smith and you don't dance like Jimmy Smith. Right. Allow the Jonathanness to come out in your rhythm. Absolutely. Well, cool. this is good stuff. Yeah. Thank you, Jonathan. And a reminder to everybody, please go to youllhearit.com, certainly to ask your question via our advanced speak pipe internet uh, technology system, uh, but also to leave a testimonial. And we keep saying testimonial. Maybe that sounds too fancy. This, it's a story. Tell, us your, Tell story. us your story. Your You'll Hear It story. You know, and you know what? After you record it, I think you have up to five minutes, but don't feel like you got to use that. Do two minutes. Do whatever you want. Whatever your heart speaks. You'll have a chance to review it and be like, ah, oh, I don't like the way I sounded. But um, you'll have that opportunity, so don't feel like you're locked in. But please do that because we have an exciting episode coming up soon with all of your stories. It'd be great, man. I'm, can I put my? I'm gonna call up the speak pipe and put my story in. Will You've you done do your story thing? like three or four times. I have. That's true. That's oh. true. All right. Till tomorrow, you'll hear it.